Welcome to the Confident Like a Mother podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Norwood, a wife, mom of two, a life coach, and a counselor. But above all these titles, I'm a human who is so passionate about helping other moms feel alive and confident. My mission with this podcast is to help you, the human, reconnect with yourself and your identity beyond being a mom. On this show, I'll share moments and stories and interviews and expert strategies to manage your mindset and take small action until you are living a life that you are so obsessed with. I feel that becoming a woman who is happy and peaceful and confident is the most inspiring thing we can do for ourselves. One of my favorite things to watch is other women win, including you. Welcome to the show. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Confident Like a Mother. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you had an amazing Mother's Day. If you are not a mother, I hope that you had an amazing weekend and enjoyed the weather. It was actually better than expected to be where I live in Massachusetts, but um, I hope that you all felt a little extra love and celebrated and difficult weekend and or day for people that have lost loved ones. So I feel that and I see you, I acknowledge you, and I hope that you took care of yourself this weekend. This week's episode is brought to you by my thoughts. (laughs) A lot of the things that I've been thinking about like for a while now. And I know that a lot of women listening to this podcast are mothers. And one of the things that we struggle with as moms are feeling the burden of others. I know for myself, feeling the burden of like my family, my children in particular, my husband, um, although they're not my burdens to take on, I sometimes like, as I say to my clients, like hold, I sometimes hold the luggage that I don't need to be holding. And so I thought about this concept of like being in control, like being in control of our lives versus being controlling. And although they sound very similar, they're the base root word is the same. However, the concept is more than just semantics. It's a very, very different experience when you're living in control versus when you're being controlling. And we're going to dive into all the details of what the biggest differences are. And then I'll offer some suggestions about how to live your life or how to know if you are living in control versus being controlling. Let's dive in. I am very much a visual learner. So for me to try to explain the difference between being in control versus controlling, I wish that I could just like draw out a diagram for you. One day I'll have a YouTube channel and I'll be able to do that. But for now, for now, I'm sitting in my closet recording this podcast audio only. So I love to imagine um, the, the concept or the idea of being in control as like the macro level, meaning like the higher level or the zoomed out version. And then being controlling is like the micro level. So think of like micromanaging. Most of us know what that is, but it's like going around and managing every single tiny, small task, every single person, every single event, every single detail that is controlling. Whereas if you're at the macro level, you're zoomed out like feet above or, you know, well above that macro level where you could see the big picture and then like you're making decisions that impact all of the other pieces beneath you. So you are the only one that are, that is, 
you're the only thing that's moving in this diagram, but everything else is moving as a result of. But think of when you're controlling, you are going down and physically moving the little pieces beneath you. Okay. I hope that makes sense in your minds. That is the idea conceptually. So think about when we are in control, we are in control of ourselves only. And then we are controlling when we are spread out and we are controlling somebody else. When we go beyond ourselves, that is controlling. And controlling the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors of others is a really heavy burden to bear. And Not only is it heavy, but it also distracts you from your own lived experience. Let's consider the lived experience of a mother. I know that in my own lived experience as a mom, and I'm sure that this is echoed by every mom listening to this, I've noticed this. The temptation to want to control something increases in direct correlation to an increase in fear of something. So listen, hear me out. It might be... um, let's say, fear of judgment of other moms. It might be fear of feeling like a bad mom or fear of your children are just going to like go completely off the rails, like fear of that. For example, I know my tendency to want to control my children's behavior is higher when I fear they might go off the rails, right? Another example might be like, when my family goes out to a really nice place for dinner, I notice that if one of my kids starts like getting restless or a little cranky, I notice that I'm more tense and my fear of being judged by other people at the restaurant for having my kids like be a little cranky, I know that it's heightened. And then I also know that I'm more tempted to want to control their behavior. And so for some reason, as moms, we feel like the act of worrying gives us this illusion of control of the situation. But once removed from the situation and like sitting here in my closet, like I know that my worry actually doesn't do anything but cause me worry and it does not fix the situation or make it feel better. I want you to notice the next time that you choose to worry about something, about anything, you think that you are giving yourself some element of control over the situation or the other person, your kids in this example, but you're not in control of that and you're not in control of them and you're never going to be able to control somebody else. That's never our job as moms. It's never our job to control our kids, but we lose sight of that in the moment, don't we? I'm sure, actually I know that every single person on this planet has gone through this like controlling behavior at one point or another in their life and probably going to go through it multiple more times. I feel like few or none ever really truly master being in control 100% of the time. And what I hope that you get out of this episode is being able to catch yourself when you are maybe in a controlling state and be able to shift yourself into feeling more in control by looking at what can I do to feel better right now? Or what thought could I have right now that will support me? Or are my needs being met? And if not, what can I do to meet my own needs? And it's important to consider your needs because when you find yourself in a situation where your needs aren't being met, it's real easy to think, oh, the way I can fix this is to apply more control over the people around me and to the situation around me, and then my needs will be met, and then I'll feel happy, or then I'll feel good. That is an example of you trying to 
control others, or that is an example of you being controlling, when in fact, this is a misguided conclusion about how you can feel good. And it comes from a belief that someone in your life needs to do something different in order for you to feel good. I have a good example of this from a former client, and she would say to me, I am all about this personal growth journey, about thinking positively, about gratitude, about journaling. Like she was all about that. And she would say, Caitlin, like, but my husband isn't. And I feel like if my husband would just do this with with me, it would be so much better. I'd feel so much happier if he would just like get on the same page as me. And what we got her to fully understand and fully believe was it was never about her husband believing in the same things that she was believing in or adopting the lifestyle that she was now living in. It was actually her thoughts about her husband that was causing the friction. It was her thoughts about her husband not following along that was causing her to feel like that he was living in lack when in fact, like he was just going about his life just fine. The thoughts that he was having about his life were just fine. It was in fact her thoughts about him that were causing frustration and disconnect in their relationship. I think it's easy to come to the conclusion that your journey to feeling really great and being obsessed with your life is by influencing or controlling the behavior of other people too. But as you attempt to control other people by trying to like influence them, I think that you'll discover that not only you you can't contain them, but you can't get to where you want to be by controlling or eliminating whatever you don't want in your life. It's just not realistic. And when I was recording this episode, I reflected on my own responses and my own behavior. And I was like thinking to myself, am I controlling or, you know, am I living in this state of control? Like I always try to make sure one, that you're getting value from these episodes, but two, I'm like, oh, this is actually really good information. Like how am I navigating through this? And I think for a lot of us, we would want to be like, no, I'm not a controlling person. But when I actually reflected on the concept of control versus controlling, I realized that I absolutely demonstrate controlling tendencies sometimes more often than maybe I thought that I was prior to listening to this episode or prior to preparing this episode for you. And because I love to make things very simple for you, I've narrowed it down to two ways that controlling tendencies may be showing up for you in your life. And the first one is you think that you know what's best for someone else. And the second way is you feel the need to change somebody else's behavior. All right, let's break both of these down. The first controlling tendency, the thought that you know what's best for somebody else is usually for the most part, I get it, very well-intentioned and from a place of love and genuinely caring about somebody else. But while you're doing that, what you're doing is taking away the the deep knowing that everybody is just like on their own path, everybody's on their own journey and thinking that you know better than they do kind of disempowers them and can create a lot of friction there. So even when you're saying something like that's really well-intentioned, like I just want what's best for my daughter and I know that she needs to speak up more or I just want what's best for my son and I can't stand his girlfriend and he just needs to break up with her. Okay, so you can notice the difference between thinking you know what's best for someone versus knowing and trusting that your kids are going to 
make their own choice and it's their own journey. Even when it feels really hard to watch and observe them making choices that maybe you would have chosen differently, you know, like a relationship or the way that they carry themselves or how they act in a store or at a restaurant, whatever it may be. And so when you're saying something like, I know what's best for my daughter, the subtext to that is, and she doesn't. And your want to try to control her outcome is really disempowering to her. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to shape her reality within the context of your lived experience. So hence like all the rubs and all the friction of every mother and their teenage daughter. And when you truly want what is best for somebody in like a real way, then you will see that person as strong. You will see them as resourceful. You will see them as somebody that can get it done and figure it out on their own. You will hold space and see that person exactly how they want to be showing up in the world. Not to mention the freedom that this creates for you and in this example as the mother for when you really embrace that, you really don't know what's best for others. The only thing that you have full control over is your thoughts, the thoughts that you choose to think. And how good would it feel to know that you are creating your own reality because you are the thinker of your thoughts. And in this example, that your daughter is thinking her own thoughts and she's controlling and creating her reality. Wouldn't you want that for her? Like, wouldn't you want her to have those skills in order to be able to be in control of her thoughts only rather than role modeling to your child that somebody outside of themselves can influence how they think or how they can think? No, we don't want that. We want to create independent humans, our children, independent from us, are in control of creating their own life, of creating their own reality. That's the important part here. Okay, let's move on to the second one. The second way that controlling tendencies show up for us often is that we believe that we need to change the behavior of somebody else. And the subtext for this one is, well, they need to behave differently subtext so that I can feel good or so that I can feel comfortable. And this is the same for like my kid's example as my kids need to behave differently so that I can feel good as a mother. And sound the alarms because this is the next thing that I'm about to say is the golden nugget that I want you to take away from this episode. I need to like invent like a sound drop of like, boop, like listen to this right now. What I want you to take away from this episode is that any and all circumstances in your life, which includes the people in your life, the stage of life you're in, literally anything, any circumstance in your life is neutral. Neutral, like not good, not bad. It's neutral, like boom, right smack in the middle. So this includes every person in your life is neutral, including your kids. And by extension, their behavior is also a neutral circumstance. And get this. It is your thoughts about their behavior that causes you to feel a negative emotion. So any mom that's had the thought in their mind or the feeling of such stress or pressure and have thought something like, oh my God, my kids are driving me nuts. I am so stressed out with how they are behaving at school. The bottom line is that your kid's behavior is not what's causing you stress. It is your thoughts about their behavior that is causing you to feel stressed and or frustrated. 
mic drop moment. So if you're a mom that has a thought or thinks all the time that, oh, my son is just being so difficult at baseball practice, like he won't pay attention. He's the only one that's just doing his own thing. I feel so stressed out every time I have to take him. Or if you're a mom that's like, oh my gosh, my daughter is just like off the walls at gymnastics class. And I just, if she could just change her behavior, it would just be so much easier. Well, duh, of course it would be so much easier. But if you haven't learned yet, you will learn now in this episode that our kids are here to be a reflection for us. Our kids are here to be our teachers. So what is your daughter? What is your son? What is your child trying to teach you about yourself with their behavior? I mean, this is like a deeper level and a different conversation for a different podcast episode. And I know I've kind of touched on it here. But I want you to think about how you can practice this exercise, practicing that every circumstance in your life is neutral and it's your thoughts about the circumstance that are causing you to feel a certain type of way. And so think about it like this. Let's just say like everybody and everything is showing up in your life in a way that is like totally amazing and awesome. Like you're just impressed, you're delighted. Of course, you're gonna feel happy and fantastic. But... When others are showing up in a way, your kids, be it your kids, your husband, your coworkers, when they're showing up in a way that like isn't delightful and isn't awesome and amazing, this is an opportunity for you to practice the core understanding that circumstances are neutral. They're neutral. They mean nothing. We add meaning to them. So this means that you will not let anyone else or anything else Be the reason as to why you don't feel good. Because if you are someone, if you are a mom that is striving to be a person that's in control versus controlling, you know that you can turn around your thinking. You know that you can choose a more supportive thought. So if you take anything from this episode, I hope that it is this. You no longer have to make feeling really amazing about yourself, about your life, about your mothering ability. You no longer have to make that contingent upon controlling somebody else's behavior. And other people don't need to be showing up differently in your life for you to feel good. So for example, your kids don't need to be showing up or behaving differently in order for you to be a great mom, in order for you to feel confident as a mom. And lastly, when you are operating from like controlling place, so thinking that you know what's best for other people and or that you have the belief that you need to change or control how somebody else thinks, all this is doing is making an excuse for why you're not feeling confident like a mother. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Confident Like a Mother. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. Whether you were doing dreadful chores or you're at the gym or you're taking a walk with your family or even by yourself, whatever you're doing, thanks for choosing to hang out with me too. And as always, if something stuck out to you or something really resonated with you, please, please, please share this with a mom friend, share this on your social media, share the link with somebody. Um, It's the perfect way to pay this forward and so we can get the word out to inspire more moms to live confident like a mother. I'll see you next week. Thank you.